0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. What want you think for a moment with me. I want you to think about your Christian life
1: for a moment. I want you to think about you living the Christian life. And as you think about it for a moment, how would you describe it? How would you describe you living the Christian life? Are you victorious? Is it a day that you see God doing wonderful things in your life? Or is it possible that as you think about you and you living the Christian life, That one word describes it in its entirety. Defeated. Does that describe your Christian life? You're trying to live the life that He wants you to live. You know how He wants you to live. But all you see is is that you can't do what He wants you to do. If anything, you do what He doesn't want you to do. How do you describe your life? Does another word come up there in your mind? Failure? Is that how you see the Christian life? See, then we hear the promises of Jesus when he says to us, I've come to give you life that you may have it more abundantly. And we don't really know what that means because we're trying, but all we see is defeat. All we see is failure. Can you relate to me this morning? Can you relate? What I want you to see is is that it doesn't have to be that way. That's not the life that Jesus came to give you. In fact, as we look at these first six verses of chapter 7 here in a moment, we're going to see that the defeat that you and I live under, we don't have to live under it. There's a new path to life that you and I can live under. A path of victory. A path led by the Spirit of God who indwells you if you've trusted Him. You don't have to live defeated because you don't feel you're measuring up for what God wants you to do. So I want you to notice with me the first six verses that Paul writes and he says, Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives? For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in newness of spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. Here's what the Apostle is trying to tell us. He's trying to tell us that you and I now have freedom. I'm going to explain what that is in a moment. Because freedom doesn't mean, we just talked about it in the last couple of weeks, that you can just do whatever you want to do and I can just be forgiven by Jesus. Bless God. That's not what he's saying. But what he's saying is is that you and I don't need to live a life of defeat because something now has changed. The problem is is that most of us are still trying to live our Christian lives in the old way. And so we're defeated by it. So let's look and see exactly what he's saying. First of all, he's going to tell us in verses 1 to 3 about being bound to the law. Look with me at verses 1 to 3. Or do you not know, brethren, I speak to those who know the, the law... That the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. The first thing I want you to notice, if we're going to understand about getting out of that defeated state and moving into a new state where we have freedom in Christ, is, is that you and I need to understand is that we had a lifelong obligation, a lifelong obligation to the law, to the law. It was written on our hearts. You say, well, I wasn't a Jew, so I didn't get the law. No, no. The law in itself was written on our hearts. You go to any culture in the world today, any culture, even the most stone age cultures, and they will have certain things that are across the board with every culture. Number one, you don't kill, you don't murder, you don't steal, you don't commit adultery. Those are across the board in every culture. Why? Because they're written on our hearts as things that we know that are right and what is wrong. There are absolutes. Even though our, our culture today doesn't want to say that there's no absolutes, there are absolutes. They're written on the hearts. They're written on the hearts. They're written on the hearts. And so we had a lifelong obligation to that. In fact, that whole issue of the law there, if you look there, it says, has dominion. It talks about ruling as a Lord. The law just kind of basically ruled us as a Lord and imposed this lifelong obligation on us. And then the other thing I want you to see there, we see, and he uses the illustration of marriage, and that's this, that the only death brings freedom from the law. Only death brings freedom From the law. Only death brings freedom from it. So you and I are bound to this law. So when we do wrong, your conscience hurts. You know when you do wrong. No one has to tell you. You know the feelings. You know you're treading on ground that you don't need to be treading on. You know it. And seeing you and I are bound to that forever. You say, well, I thought for a moment there, George, you were trying to tell me about living a victorious Christian life where I don't have to feel defeated, but the stuff you're telling me about defeats me because I do wrong. I do sin. Everybody understand everyone here sins? I sin, you sin. And we're bound by this law. And the only way to remove ourselves from it is to die. But, George, I'm still alive. I'm still alive. How do I release myself from it? So then we look now, then look with me at verses, verse 4, because verse 4 now is like the hinge of what he's going to talk about. He talks about verses 1 through 3 about really what was our past life. We were bound to the law. Now verse 4, he's going to talk about a new reality. And this is where you and I have to open up our lives to, because even though we are Christians, a lot of times we're still living in verses 1 to 3, bound by the law, defeated by the law, because the law, what, brings defeat. And the only way to strip me from it is death, and I haven't died yet. But verse 4 now shows us the new reality See, there's a new reality for you and I as Christians, and you and I need to grasp that. So let's look at what he says in verse 4 and then gain the principles from it. Notice this, what he says, verse 4. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. First thing I want you to notice about the new reality is this. You were released from bondage through death. You were released from bondage through death. Now you say, well, wait a minute, George. I didn't die. Yes, you did. Remember we talked about that before? Is that when you came to Christ, you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart. You came to him and confessed to him your sin, acknowledging your need for Jesus in your life, and said, Lord, come into my life. Be my Lord. You're my Savior. At that moment, remember what chapter 6 talked about? At that moment, you died spiritually with Jesus. You died. In fact, remember, I said to you, every person here is going to face, every human being is going to face two deaths. One is a physical death. Everybody understands that one, right? The second is a spiritual death. What you don't realize is you have a choice about the second one. Does anybody here have a choice about the first one? Not really, unless you commit suicide. None of us have any choice about when we will die. None of us. But with the second one, a spiritual one, you do have a choice. And that choice hinges upon whether or not you accept Jesus Christ. See, if you don't accept Jesus Christ, you'll experience death spiritually where? In hell. But if you do accept Jesus, you die spiritually with him. And when you die spiritually with him, he then tells us then that you are what? Raised up to a new person with him. So you and I have a choice. And so when we think about verses 1 to 3, where you and I are bound by this law that continues to defeat us, because here, have you ever tried to keep all of the Ten Commandments? Have you? Can you do it? Anybody? No. No way you can't. All you got to do is go through Walmart. And immediately, everybody here falls with that one, do not covet. Do not covet. And what, what what does the Scripture say? That when you and I fail in the least of the commandments, we fail in what? All of the commandments. All of the commandments. And so the law defeats us. But what's he saying to us? The only way to get out of the law is death. But then he tells us in this verse 4, the reality is, is that you've died. You've been released through death. You died. Does everybody know here you died? You died spiritually. Now, here's the wonderful thing. You notice that with death, physical death, it's a time of mourning, right? It's a time where we grieve the loss of our loved ones. But can I be honest with you, when you think about this spiritual death, it's actually a time of celebration. Because we understand that with this spiritual death, that I die with Christ, I'm raised to be a new person. And that new person is released from the bondage of the law. You say, I'm free from it. Well, I don't have to live by it. No, I didn't say that. Here's my next point. Notice now what he says. He continues on in verse 4. And he says then that being released from that obligation, now I have a new obligation. Being released from that obligation to the law, I now have a new obligation. And what's he saying here? He's saying that you are bound to Christ. You are bound to Christ. You are bound to Him. You are bound to Jesus Christ. Notice what he says, verse 4. In fact, he calls it like this. He says this, Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be what? Married to another. Who's the other? Jesus. See, before I was married to the law. I was bound by the law, and the law defeated me. But then I died to the law with Jesus, and now I'm married to who? Jesus, because he raised from the dead. You say I'm not getting it, George. What are you talking about? Before with the law, it's you trying to live the law. Can you live the law? We already said it. What? No. But now because you've been released from it, you've been married now to another, Jesus. Raised up with Him. And now you can do that what He wants to do. Not in your own strength. Because in your own strength, could you do it? No. But now, because you're married to Jesus, what? You can do it. You can do it. See, here's the reason why a lot of you are facing defeat in your spiritual lives. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Here's the reason why a lot of you are facing defeat in your spiritual lives. It's you... Trying to do it by yourself. And the reality is, you can't do it. Do you understand? It's you. So you get up and you say, oh Lord, today I'm going to pray 30 minutes. You get five minutes into it and you start thinking about all the other stuff you have to do. And you say, oh well, I didn't give you five, Lord. And then you go away and you're defeated. Well, I thought I was going to pray 30 minutes, but I only prayed five. Well, you tried it. The reality is, is, is you with Christ can do it. So here's what you do. You start off and you say, Lord, I know you want me to do this, but I can't do it. You help me to do it. You do it through me. You strengthen me. You give me the wisdom to do it. And just if you surrender your life to God every day with every moment of your life, saying, Lord, not me, you, not me, you because I'm married to you now, not to the law, you'll see victory. You'll see a different life. You won't be defeated because it's God coming alongside of you, helping to do that, which He wants you to do because if you do it on your own, what happens every time if you do it on your own? Can you do it? No. No. See, that's the new reality. The new reality is, is that you and I are bound to Christ. In fact, here's the next point. He puts, he, you and I are married to Christ, and we're married to Christ for a purpose. What? We are to bear fruit for God. We are to bear fruit for God. See, let me explain something to you. You didn't just get saved to go to heaven, that's a benefit. But my, how we focus on the benefit. That is not the purpose of your salvation, that is not the reason why Jesus died on the cross. He died on the cross so that you might have a purpose, and that purpose is to serve Him, to bear fruit for Him in your life. Notice what verse 4 says. Notice the last part of verse 4. To Him who was raised from the dead, that we should, what? Bear fruit. We're to bear fruit. Now, here's the problem. If you go try bear fruit for God on your own, what happens? You're going to what? Fail. See, that's me trying to live according to verse 1 to 3 again, by the law. But if I understand that I'm now dead to the law, but I'm now a new person in Jesus, and I'm married to Christ, I'm alive with Christ, and Christ through me is able to do what He wants me to do, I can now bear fruit because it's God through me bearing the fruit. God through me bearing the fruit. Do you understand that? He wants you to bear fruit, but he didn't. See, a lot of us have this concept of God where it's like this. God says to you, okay, Rod, I want you to do this. And then we just kind of leave Rod on to do it by himself. That's our concept of God. He tells us what he wants us to do, but then he just kind of sits back and says, how are they doing? That's our concept of God, but that's not God. God tells you what he wants you to do, and then he says, here I'll help you do it. I'll do it through you because you don't have the brain power, you don't have the heart power, you don't have the muscle power, you don't have the financial power to do it. But I do. And I'll help you do what I want you to do. See, you and I have to get out of this defeat mode where we keep looking and saying, I don't have enough strength, I don't have enough willpower, I don't have enough to do it. It's not that. It's a new reality now. I'm dead to that. I'm alive to Jesus, and Jesus lives through me. Do you understand that? Are you comprehending? I hope you do because it'll set you free. I hope you do because it'll set you free. You've got to say to Him, Lord, I need Your power. I need You to live through me to be able to do this. I need Your power. So that's the principle. You've got to gain that principle because we're going to flesh it out here now with verses 5 and 6. That's the principle. I'm dead to the law. I'm now alive to Jesus. And He wants me to bear fruit that He bears through me. Now we get to verse 5 and 6. We're going to flesh it out. We're going to see the reality lived out. Look with me now at verse 5 and 6. For when we were in the flesh, sinful passions were aroused by the law. were at work in our members to bear fruit. But now, we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should live in the newness of spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. A couple things. First thing I want you to notice is this. Again, reflecting back on our old life, verse 5 says this. The law only exposed our sinful passions. The law only exposed our sinful passions. You ever notice something? Think about your life for a moment. Usually, When we are told not to do something, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's the government with a law, have you noticed that before you were told not to do it, you had no interest in doing it? You couldn't care less. It never even entered into your mind. But the moment someone told you, don't do that, what happened? Every ounce of you wants to what? Do it. you ever notice that? There's a principle here. That's what he's trying to tell us, is that the law exposes our sinful desires. The law exposes what we don't want to do. It exposes what we want to do that's not right with God. And so what the reality lived out is that I understand now that if I'm going to live by a bunch of rules, I'm basically relegating myself to always be defeated by it. Because the law is only going to expose in me the fact that what? I can't do it. Do you understand that? So for instance, let's say all of a sudden I could add to the Bible here. And I say, okay, in the book of George there is the commandment that thou shalt drink tea a gallon a day. Now some of you would say, man, I can do that one. Some of you are gagging right now thinking about this. And you think, in order for me to be the perfect Christian, i got to drink tea, a gallon a day. You say, first of all, can it be done? Yeah, it can be done. It can be done. There's that law now, the law of George, from the book of George. Thankfully, it's not in the Bible. Okay, The law of George. And for those of you who can't do it, you then become defeated because even though you try to do it, you can't do it. You can't. First of all, your body doesn't want to. You can't drink that much stuff. Sugar, what's I going to do to my weight? You don't want to do it. So then you say, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. See, what he's trying to tell us about the new reality is for you and I to understand that the law, what? Exposed the sinfulness of our hearts. Exposed our desire to do wrong. But then he goes on and brings up the next point, which is the point that I want you to understand, and that is in verse 6, he tells us this. We're to live a new life in the Spirit. We're to live a new life in the Spirit. Not bound by the law, but now, Lord, you lead me. Lord, as you want me to do things, you do it through me. Okay, George, I understand that. What does that look like? Here, I'll give you an example. You're going to go home. Tomorrow morning, your alarm clock's going to ring. It's going to tell you it's a new day. And with your new day, you're either going to be at the workplace or you're going to be home or you're going to do your retired thing for your retired people, which means you're as busy as ever, and you're going to have a new day. Now, you've got a choice how you're going to live that day. You've got a choice. You say, I'm going to live this day for you, Jesus. But you've got a choice how you're going to live that day for Jesus. You've got a choice in which you're going to say... I'm going to live it according to all these rules. This is what George says I shouldn't do. This is what he said I should do. And by the way, I need a tack on. I've got to drink a gallon of tea today. And, you know, and all this stuff, what I've got to do. And what you're going to find is, is if you live your life according to that way, you trying to do all this stuff, the end of the day, you're going to be hanging your head in shame. As you put your head on the pillow, and as you pray and say to the Lord, Lord, I live this day, you're going to find that most of the time is going to be spent, Lord, forgive me. I didn't do this. Forgive me. I didn't do that. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, I failed in this area. Lord, I should have done this at work, but I didn't do that. Lord, I should have been this way with my kids, but I didn't do that. Lord, I should have been this way with my spouse, but I didn't do that. In fact, that's why I'm on the couch right now, and they're in the other room. Lord, forgive me. Isn't that reality? That's one way of trying to live it. And that's the way most of us try to live it, isn't it? That's the way most of us try to live it. But there's another choice. The choice for you and I is to live it in the Spirit. Is to get up in the morning and say, Lord, I can't do it on my own today. I can't make the right decisions without you helping me to make the right decisions. I can't treat people the way you want me to treat them unless it's you through me treating them the way you want me to treat them. Lord, I can't love my spouse today the way you want me to love them unless it's you through me loving them. Lord, I can't treat my kids and love my kids and be there for my kids the way you want me to be there for them unless it's you through me being there for them. Because, Lord, if I try it on my own, I'm going to fail. Lord, I can't work the way you want me to work at work without you working through me. See, it starts with a conscious decision that this day I'm going to do it with you, Lord. Lord. And then as you go throughout the day, as you face the things, because life will throw stuff at you, won't it? It'll come at you. Boom, boom, boom. Decisions will have to be made. You face every one of them and you say, Lord, instead of me trying to do it on my own, Lord, You do it through me. You do it through me because I want to bear fruit for You. I want to live for You. Help me, Lord. And listen, when you lay your head down on the pillow that night, instead of regrets, you'll be saying, Lord, thank you. You gave me strength to make that decision that I needed to make in this area. Lord, thank you. You were there for me when I had to interact with this person and you helped me to do that. Lord, thank you because you helped me when there was a tense moment with my spouse and we had intense fellowship. Not intimate fellowship, but intense fellowship. You helped me. See, that's a different way of living. Which way do you want to live? Laying your head down in the night with regrets or laying your head down thanking Him for helping you throughout the day. See, that's the new reality fleshed out. You and I don't have to live with our lives being reflected by two words, failure or defeated. It could be different. It could be different. So let me give you some thoughts as we close our time. Ask yourself this question, first of all. Are you spiritually defeated? You don't have to ask yourself that too long. Are you? Remember, I had you think about that at the beginning of the message. I had you think for a moment and say, how would you describe your spiritual life? You trying to live for Jesus in your life and gave you a couple of options there. You've already had time to think about it. Are you spiritually defeated? Are you trying to do it on your own? Ask yourself this next question then. Does living the Christian life defeat you? Would you say to me privately, George, I'm trying, but I just can't do it. I fail every time. I'm a total waste. Why is God even worried about me? Is that how you describe yourself? Are you spiritually defeated? Does the Christian life, does living the Christian life defeat you? You need to ask yourself that question. See, this is the reason why, can I be honest with you, so many people just give up on Christianity. They understand that it comes by faith. Salvation comes by faith. Not by what I do, but by salvation free. A free gift from Him. But then they come to church and the rest of us tell them, okay, well now you've got to start living this way. You've got to start doing this, you've got to start doing that, start doing this. And then they try to do that and what they're told is not wrong, but we don't tell them how to do it. We tell them, this is what you got to do. And so what they think is, okay, i got to do it. Well, they're never going to do it if they got to do it. It's got to be you and Jesus got to do it. And when they understand it's them and Jesus living it through, then they'll see victory. And so many of them say, I just give up. And they're gone. Does living the Christian life defeat your life? Here's the point then. Live a life spiritually empowered by God. Say to Him, Lord, I need you. I can't do it without you. Lord, I need you. Help me. Listen, you can start not tomorrow morning, because that was my illustration. You can start right now by saying to him, Lord, from this moment on, I'm going to quit doing it myself. I'm going to do it with you.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning.